The Nashville Predators lost a disappointing 4-2 game last night to the New Jersey Devils at home. I'm going to tell you how the Preds actually lost that game well before puck drop on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, we want to start this episode off with a special shout out to our Locked On Pred heads, our everydayers who tune in to talk hockey with us. We thank you for your support. We love spending a little bit of your day with you each day. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News. I'm usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but today I am flying solo. And we have a lot to talk about after the Nashville Predators lost last night to the New Jersey Devils by a score of four to two. At a time where the Nashville Predators really need every single point that they can get in the playoff chase, this team came out with a disappointing performance last night against the New Jersey Devils. Today, we're going to talk about the problems in that game, and I'm going to explain why the issues may have actually started well before puck drop last night. Also, last night, former captains Tom Fitzgerald, Shea Weber, Kimo Timonen, and Mike Fisher joined Pete Weber for a special captain's panel. Later in the show, I'm going to share some of the fun stories we heard from the former captains, and we're going to talk about what they each had to say about the Predators franchise and David Poyle. First, we do want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. So last night, the Nashville Predators hosted the New Jersey Devils at Bridgestone Arena, and the Predators lost yet again at home. It was a 4-2 final score. And that score actually may not even be reflective of what happened on the ice. If you missed the game, let's walk through a real quick recap of the action. The Predators did get on the board first with an early power play goal at 4.04 in the first period. Ryan O'Reilly cleaned up a loose puck sitting there in front of Nico Dawes to get the Predators up one to nothing. The second period, it looked like Nashville was going to get another early power play chance too with a delayed penalty. But as UC Soros skated off, they went to add the extra attacker and got too many men on the ice. So play went to four on four. At four on four play, Jack Hughes scored at one minute, 30 seconds into the second to tie the game up. Predators fans thought that Luke Evangelista had scored in a net front kind of scrum. Uh, It was ruled no goal on the ice. There was a review and the call was upheld. The replay looked like the puck had fully passed the line, but the call on the ice stood no goal. But Tommy Novak came through. He scored on a breakaway to make it a two to one score at the end of the second period. The third period, Nico Hirscher scored early to tie the game up. Later in the period, Timo Meyer gave the Devils the first lead of the game with a net front scramble goal. The Devils went on to add an empty net goal to make the final score of this game four to two. The stat you need to know from this game is that UC Soros faced. 46 shots, my friends. 
That was the night the Nashville Predators had. So we always start out and talk about our one word to describe the game. I'm not going to get fancy. I'm actually not going to talk about food, which should surprise our everydayers. My one word is a word that we heard consistently in the post game, and so I'm simply going to steal it. That one word is frustrating. I am absolutely borrowing that word. I put together a video of some of the post-game comments from the players. This is a little bit longer of a video than what we normally play for post-game clips, but I really want you guys to see and to hear the frustration that we heard in the locker room after that loss. This is what Roman Yossi, Tommy Novak, and Cody Glass had to say after that Predators game. Yeah, um, we got what we deserved, and um, I don't know. They were they were a faster team. I thought out there, they they won more battles, and um, it's frustrating. Um, it's really frustrating because we we're, we're in no position to get out battled and outwork like that. And um, I just thought they were faster, and Juice kept us in it. And um, you know, at the end of the day, we got what we deserved, and um, it's 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 frustrating right now, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it right after break. We. We we know how important these games are, and and that's why it's 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 really frustrating. Like, it's it can't happen that late in the year. Um, you you can lose games, you can even get outplayed sometimes, but you can't get outworked, you can't get outbattled. You know, obviously it sucks. To, uh, I mean, kind of an unacceptable loss. I'd say they played last night, and you know that's one you know we really want back. So, not good. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Um, especially 30 games left, uh, playoff push. We're right there in the playoff race, so. Yeah, it's like I said, it's unacceptable. And you know, we had a meeting before the break. I mean, we didn't want this to happen. So um, hopefully, we learn quick from it. Don't want to dwell on it too much, but we need better. So some of the words that you heard repeated over and over again in the post game: frustrating, unacceptable, not good. Tommy Novak busts out the potty mouth by saying "sucks" and "stinks" about this game. And the truth was. This game was extremely frustrating. The effort level by the Nashville Predators, extremely frustrating. In that clip, you heard Cody Glass and Roman Yossi refer to a meeting after the break. The team sat down, talked about the schedule going forward, talked about where they were in the standings and what it was going to take for this Nashville Predators team to get into the playoffs in the last 30 games of the season. Everybody in that locker room knew what needed to happen in these games and the players and Andrew Burnett felt like the team did not come out with that perspective in mind against this New Jersey Devils team. Now, every one of those players, including Andrew Burnett, talked about the fact that, like, you've got to give credit to the New Jersey Devils. This is a fast team. They have a ton of talent. They have a Hughes brother for, for the love of all that is good and holy. So taking nothing away from the fact that the New Jersey Devils are a great team. They've got a lot of talent. Of course, we you know talk about there's little holes that they're looking to fill maybe before the trade deadline. Don't even look at UC Saros. But this is a team that's very talented, very fast team, a lot of offensive weapons. They've got some solid solid defenders. So to take nothing away from the New Jersey Devils and their performance, the Nashville Predators did not come out and execute in this game the way they know they need to do if they want to make the playoffs. And this was a very frustrated locker room after the game. And Andrew Burnett was a very frustrated coach. This is what he had to say in the post game. It's frustrating. Um, I don't know how many games we've let points fly away in the last five, last 13 seconds. It just were hard-headed, I guess. They were way more desperate than we were for some reason. Um, you know, they played the night before. They had more energy than we had. 
So there's a lot of things that were extremely disappointing tonight. It was kind of the mentality of, of how we played tonight and how we prepared and started again yesterday, how we prepared to come to practice yesterday, and we played like we practiced yesterday. Coming up, I'm going to explain Andrew Burnett's comments on the Predators' Monday practice and why he was so frustrated with the performance last night. There were, of course, also a couple of bright spots in the game. We're going to discuss those as well. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you are looking for that last-minute Valentine's Day date, or if you're planning ahead for the weekend, you need to check out the Game Time app today. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and they have a best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can surprise your Valentine with tickets to Dancing with the Stars, Tom Segura's upcoming comedy show, or maybe you want to check out a Vanderbilt baseball game. And with Game Time's all-in pricing, you're going to see your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal even before you check out. With the game time guarantee, that means you're going to always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So we just heard from Andrew Brunette, and he made a reference to practice yesterday, practice on Monday. So I want to put this into context for you and tell you what happened at practice on Monday. So Predators were practicing at Bridgestone Arena on Monday morning. We were there. A lot of media were there to cover the practice and to talk to some of the players um, after practice. At one point after doing some drills, Andrew Brunette stopped practice. And he described in very passionate terms, um, in language that Tommy Novak probably wouldn't use, what he thought of what he was seeing on the ice and the effort he felt like he was seeing from the team. And then he had the team do a bag skate. And he had these guys skating up and down this ice for several minutes. The team skated off the ice. They brought a Zamboni out, cleared the ice. They came right back out and got right back to practice. So we asked Andrew Brunette about that, um, about his response to what he was seeing in practice uh, afterward on Monday. And he just said, look, I thought we were slow, sluggish. There was some sloppiness. And he's like, I just wasn't happy with what I was seeing. Now, he did talk about the fact that the Predators usually don't practice on off game days at Bridgestone Arena. They're usually at Centennial. So it was a different environment. He mentioned that the ice was pretty choppy. So execution was affected by that. But he was not happy with what he saw Monday. And, you know, somebody asked him, like, you know, did you feel like once, you know, they did the bag skate and then the ice got cleared and they came out, it was a little better. And he was kind of like, yeah, you know, it really wasn't. Andrew Brunette was not happy after practice on Monday. And what we saw in the game Tuesday night is a reflection of what Andrew Brunette was concerned about on Monday at practice. And this really brings up some bigger concerns when you're looking at the Nashville Predators. You know, this is a team that should be desperate to get these wins. You know, you want to get to the playoffs. I know that people, you know, you hear people talking about 
the Predators shouldn't be trying for the playoffs. This is not a playoff team. First of all, unless you were absent the day that Barry Trotz laid out what a reset looks like, of course, nobody really thinks the Nashville Predators are going to make a deep cup run this year. We are in step one of a five to 10 step process when it comes to resetting this team. Nobody really believes that the team and the roster the Predators have right now is the contention team that Barry Trotz intends to build. So we get that. Also, this is not a, a situation where the Predators can tank. You're just not going to get bad enough to get that top draft pick, that top three draft pick at this point. So you really want the playoffs. You want the playoffs because you've got young players who absolutely need that experience. I asked Andrew Burnett about that. He said, look, there is nothing that prepares you for the playoffs except being in them. You finish an 82-game season. All of a sudden, you have to play harder. You have to play faster. You have to prepare even better than you did before. Your game has to be elevated. And these young players have to experience that. So this is a team that should want the playoffs. And they didn't look like a team that wanted the playoffs. You know, talk to Andrew Brunette about like, hey, what are you seeing from this team? Is, is this fatigue? Is this like a mental disconnect? Do they not understand? His response was, we just had 10 days off. Like this cannot be a fatigue issue. This has to be some sort of a mental preparation, you know, misunderstanding, not meeting expectations issue. And this late in the season, the team should not be dealing with that. The team at this point in the season should not be dealing with effort issues. This is a team, like Roman Yossi said, you may outplay us, but you shouldn't outwork us. And they were outworked last night. And the bottom line, one of the biggest concerns I have when you look at this game last night against the New Jersey Devils is this is not going to get any easier. Tomorrow night, the Nashville Predators host the Dallas Stars. Saturday, they play the St. Louis Blues, who are a team also in contention for a wild card. Then they head out west. They're going to be playing the Vegas Golden Knights and the LA Kings. Look, now is the time. The Nashville Predators do not have games to throw away, and the games that they have coming up, they are not going to win with lack of effort. So this is a concern. What we saw last night against the New Jersey Devils when this team was outworked, you know, they talked about losing the puck battles. If it was a 50-50 battle, the Devils won that battle every time. They won puck battles. They won the space battles in front of the net. They were outworked. You can't be outworked. And the big picture, you have so many players on this roster right now who are UFAs. They are playing for a contract. Now, it's probably not going to be a contract with the Nashville Predators, but you have players who are playing for their next contract, wherever that may be. They are playing to be a piece added to another team at the trade deadline. They are playing for an opportunity to join a team in the offseason as a UFA. You also have young players on this roster, and there is not a young player on this roster right now who is guaranteed to be a piece of this Predators future with the way things are right now. You need to see more from Luke Evangelista and Tommy Novak and Kiefer Sherwood. You know, you've got to see more from these guys. So there is somebody, there is a reason for everybody on this roster to be hungry and to be playing with way better effort than what we saw last night against the New Jersey Devils. There are some real concerns about that game and the Predators have very little time to address them and to turn it around before they face Dallas tomorrow. Now, you know me. 
I am a optimist. I am a hockey optimist. So I would be remiss if I didn't point out a couple of good things that we saw from this game. Of course, the biggest good thing was UC Soros. Oh my goodness. 46 saves. This was vintage Soros. And what is probably the most frustrating for me out of everything that we've talked about is you get that performance from UC Soros and you waste it. You don't even come out with a point. Soros does all of that, and this team didn't even come away with a point. I think it's interesting. Of course, the New Jersey Devils have been rumored to be looking for a goaltender. Soros's name has been mentioned. It was like UC Soros says, yeah, you want you want a piece of this? Like, check this out. And that performance was incredible. He also made kind of a subliminal statement of like, you want this? You can't afford me. Because he was absolutely outstanding. Last night, it was the Soros that we are used to seeing. It's the UC Soros that if there were a trade, you would get a game-changing piece back in that trade. This is not picks and prospects, UC Soros. This is, you're going to give us an offensive piece that's going to change the future of this franchise if you think we're going to make a trade. So great night from UC Soros, especially considering he did not get much support. He faced a ton of shots from high danger areas, from the slot. It was really a tough night and UC Soros was outstanding. Want to talk about Cody Glass and Tommy Novak. These are two players that this team had really planned to build around. They were looking for these two guys to take the next step early in the season. Obviously, that didn't happen. They both dealt with injuries. And then both of them really struggled with confidence and kind of getting their game back and getting their skates under them. Last night, Cody Glass had two assists. I think we're seeing his best hockey in these last couple of games. This looks like Cody Glass from April of last year with even, I would say, a little improvement. So very encouraging to see Glass play last night. Tommy Novak, two goals in back-to-back games. I think we're seeing the same thing. You know, he's starting to feel that confidence again. He's starting to get his game back. Finally, got to shout out Igor Afanasyev and Mark Jankowski. You know, Andrew Burnett said after the after the game, look, this was a hard game for these two kids to come in and play because you've got a, a ton of talent on the Devils team. They're a very fast team. Thought it was kind of interesting. Igor Afanasyev didn't get a ton of shifts early in the game, but when you saw him on the ice that I think is super interesting is he played in the third period when the game was tied. He was out there for the Predators. And that makes me think that Andrew Brunette has some trust in him. He's mentioned that Phil Tomasino doesn't always get shifts in close games because wasn't sure Tomasino was going to be able to handle that situation. He gave Igor a chance out there during those, you know, kind of high, you know, high pressure situations, tie game late in the third period. Um, Afanasi have played 10 and a half minutes. So I thought that was great. Mark Jankowski played just under nine minutes, but he saw time on the penalty kill and really showed why he has a lot of talent when it comes to special teams, uh, had some great clears in the, um, from the zone for the Predators too. So I thought Jankowski and Afanasi have had a great game. And Andrew Burnett's really looking forward to seeing what they can do in a situation where the rest of the team is playing better as well. So let's see what these two can do tomorrow night against Dallas. Uh, There is another positive that I really want to be sure that we highlight that happened away from Bridgestone Arena. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a minute. And we're also going to talk about four captains returning to Nashville and sharing some incredible stories last night. 
First, want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets. They have live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So want to highlight one more really positive thing that happened last night that we all need to celebrate amidst the frustration of that New Jersey Devil loss. And that is that the Milwaukee Admirals, my friends, won their 15th straight game. That's right, 15th straight game last night. They had a 5-2 win over the Chicago Wolves, and they did that without their two leading scorers, Igor Afanasyev and Mark Jankowski, who were here in Nashville losing to the Devils. But Yaroslav Askarov, another incredible game by this young goaltender. He had an amazing save. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Um, I retweeted it on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. So you can check it out there as well. Had an incredible save, went for a poke check, and then ended up like windmilling with his legs to block the shot. It was just one of those nerve-wracking, sweet baby Jesus, what are you thinking? Oh, it went well. You're terrific. Yaroslav Askarov plays. So also want to mention there's a great story you should check out on the AHL.com site about Zachary LaRue. LaRue has had an amazing season with the Milwaukee Admirals as well. It's his first year in the AHL. He is proving why he was ready to take the step to pro hockey. I think this is somebody to keep your eye on. The Predators, I don't know, we may see LaRue sooner than you think, especially depending on what happens at the trade deadline. But a great story there at AHL.com on Zachary LaRue. So check that out. Uh, Last night, Nashville Predators celebrated Captain's Night. That was a part of this 25th anniversary celebration that they're doing all this season. And it was a really cool night because they brought in former captains and kind of um, acknowledged them and celebrated them. And they did a panel before last night's game with some Predators fans. Pete Weber hosted the panel and you had the first captain in the franchise, Tom Fitzgerald, joining them. He was captain from 1998 to 2002. Kimo Timonen came. He was the captain in the 2006-2007 season. Of course, beloved captain Shea Weber, he came back. He was captain from 2010 to 2016. And then Nashville native now, Mike Fisher, who was the captain in that 2016-2017 Stanley Cup run season, was there. So there was a special panel, like I said, hosted by Pete Weber. David Poyle joined for the first little bit of the panel. And I will tell you, it was such a great evening listening to these guys talk about their experiences. Really, they kind of pulled the curtain back on being a captain in the NHL, their experience coming to Nashville. David Poyle, some really funny stories. Y'all, Kimo Timonen is a delight. He is a delight. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald, of course, like I said, was the first Predators captain. It was interesting. He was a part of the Florida Panthers expansion team. So he really mentioned that he'd been through an expansion before. 
And so he was excited to come and be a part of the Predators expansion and felt like he had some experience going through that with the Panthers that was going to be helpful here with the Predators. David Poyle mentioned that he felt like Tom Fitzgerald was somebody who was going to set that culture, that Predators way that Poyle and Barry Trotz felt really strongly about laying the groundwork of from the get-go. Poyle talked, too, about how important Tom Fitzgerald's wife was for the Nashville Predators in that inaugural season, because there were no other wives to welcome players and help families get acclimated to Nashville and integrated into the community. And she took that on herself and really was such a major part of helping players and their families transition to Nashville. So David Poyle mentioned just how important she was in that whole process. Of course, Tom Fitzgerald is now the general manager of the New Jersey Devils. Most everybody in my mentions from New Jersey wanted him to bring Saros back home with him. He did not yet. Um, he did talk about, Tom Fitzgerald talked about his side of the story from that amazing moment at the NHL uh, draft this summer where the New Jersey Devils traded their seventh round pick to the Nashville Predators so that David Poyle could make one final selection as the Predators general manager. And uh, Fitzgerald said somebody had come to him and said, hey, you know, are you interested in swapping a seventh round pick with the Nashville Predators? You know, Barry Trotz asked us and Fitzgerald's like, oh, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't usually stay around and make the seventh round pick. I usually let somebody else do the seventh round picks. So he said it just didn't dawn on me at the time how, what they were asking for, what it really meant. And he said, just didn't click for me right away. And then all of the sudden he said, oh my gosh, I get why we're doing this. Like this is, this is not about the seventh round pick. This is about David Poyle. And Fitzgerald actually got very choked up last night talking about this moment. And he said, he called his wife from the draft and he said, look, this is what they want me to do. And he said, I just cried on the phone to my wife about that moment and um, just how special it was for him to really feel like he could pay that back to David Poyle, who had been such an important part of his life. Funny side of that story, David Poyle talked about that. He said, we got this pick. I realized what was going to happen. We were like three away from my pick. I knew who we were going to choose. Well, that guy got taken off the board. Then we were two away from Nashville's turn to pick that seventh round pick. And I said, well, that's okay. We're going to get this guy. Well, that guy got picked. He said, we had one team ahead of us. I knew exactly who we were going to pick. I wasn't worried about it. I was like, great, this is who we're going to get. The team before the Predators took that player. That is actually how the Nashville Predators ended up with Aiden Fink. And David Poyle could not be more delighted and more excited to point out just how well Aiden Fink is doing at Penn State as a freshman. So it was kind of a fun um to see this, the story from Tom Fitzgerald's side and also to hear a little bit more about David Poyle and how that seventh round pick didn't go as smooth, smoothly as he had hoped. Kimo Timonen, uh, oh my gosh, this is the guy I would most want to have a beer with. So funny. He was drafted by the LA Kings, did not make the team. He was told after training camp at the Kings, he just probably was not going to be big enough. Like he said, you know, you're supposed to be six feet tall and tough. I was neither. But David Poyle saw him at the World Championships, and Poyle really believed that being an expansion team meant you were a team that could give opportunities. And he did that with Kimo Timonen. 
uh, Timonen came in, uh, had a great training camp, but the Predators had too many defensemen and he got sent down to Milwaukee. And as he said, you know, God damn it, that was my chance. And he thought, okay, I'm not going to get in the NHL. But he talked about, and I think this is so timely for Predators fans to hear, he talked about how valuable his AHL time was. He said, I went down there, I played 30 minutes a night. I got my game. I figured some things out. And when he got called back up to Nashville, he never went back to Milwaukee. And uh, Tom Fitzgerald chimed in and said, you know, Kimo Timonen came in and played his first game. He said, after that game, I walked into Barry Trotz's office and I said, you are not sending him down, are you? He's way better than what we've got here. And Timonen stayed. Uh, he also said that he loved it here. He said he would have loved to play his entire career here with the Nashville Predators, which I thought was really a sweet thing to say. He was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. Interesting story. While he was with the Predators, he was roommates for years with Scotty Hartnell. Scotty Hartnell got traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. Two weeks later, Kimo Timonen got traded to the Flyers. They remained roommates with the Flyers for a couple of seasons, and now they're neighbors. As Kimo Timonen says, I cannot get rid of him. Shea Weber, of course, was there. Big cheer from the crowd for Shea Weber, as there always is when he is mentioned or is back in Nashville. This guy is so loved by this community. He talked about his draft day, how he was just kind of sitting there sweating, thinking, oh, my gosh, is it going to happen? Is it not? Maybe we should leave. He was there with his mom. But the thing I thought was so sweet that Shea Weber shared is that he really grew up in Nashville. You know, he was drafted and moved to Nashville at 20 years old, and he spent the next 10 years of his life playing hockey in Nashville. He said, I grew up in Nashville. He also shared a story. If you remember when the Nashville Predators hosted the NHL All-Star Game, there was a video with he and Dirk Spentley where he was on the third tier and he shot the puck from the third tier and it went over the net and all the way 200 feet down the ice and into the net. Um, and he, Shea Weber talked about that. And he said, they told me, look, this is what we want to do. We want to video it for the NHL all-star game, you know, come in in the morning and we're going to shoot this. And Shea was like, okay, so I cleared my schedule. I thought this is going to take all day. I'm never going to make that shot. Made that shot on the third try. How very Shea Weber of him. Mike Fisher was there. Mike Fisher wanted to point out that he actually still has a mark, a dent, he says, on his calves from accidentally blocking a Shea Weber shot in a game. He said he got turned around in front of the net and took the puck right on the calf. Shea Weber just wanted to know, did I score a goal on the shot? Mike Fisher talked about coming to Nashville. He was married to Carrie Underwood in July was traded to Nashville in the, the following February, but he just, it wasn't on his radar. Being traded was not on his radar. He knew in the back of his mind when it came to free agency, he really hoped that he could talk to Nashville, you know, and move down here. But a trade was not on his mind. He said he got called in to a dressing room when the Ottawa Senators were on the road in Calgary. He said, that's never good. Get called in the dressing room by the GM. The GM said, I've got good news and bad news. What do you want first? Fisher said, give me the bad news. GM said, the bad news is you've been traded. The good news is you're going to Nashville. And he just really talked about how much he loved being here, talked about how incredible it was to see this city in the Stanley Cup finals. Remember, Fisher came from Ottawa, like one of the biggest hockey cities, and came to Nashville, this southern city. 
you know, that was an expansion team, you know, they were first time they were getting into the Stanley Cup finals, you know, they were a team on the rise when Fisher came. And you just talked about how incredible the experience here was in Nashville um, and what he saw from the city when the team, you know, got to the Stanley Cup finals and really rallied around them. So I will tell you, it was an incredible night celebrating these four captains, really honoring the tradition and the value that they each brought. It was also a really amazing night to hear them talk about how important David Poyle was to them as a player and to them as a person and how much they love the Nashville Predators and how players who have left the way they speak about the Predators is the same and that players respect this organization and how much of that is due to David Poyle. So it was a really incredible night with some really incredible former Nashville Predators. Great time. Loved the stories that I heard. I have a story out about that night at InsideThePreds.com if you want to check that out today. Of course, our current captain, Roman Yossi, has his hands full getting this team ready for tomorrow night's Central Division matchup against the Dallas Stars. It is not going to be an easy one, friends. On tomorrow's episode, I am going to preview that game. I'm going to give you three keys to getting a very important win for the Nashville Predators. In the meanwhile, be sure that you follow the podcast on social media at LO underscore Predators. Of course, check us out. We are on YouTube. Just search Locked on Predators. That's going to do it for today's episode. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.